You're listening to KBCR News. I'm Jessica Greenwell. On Fridays, we speak with former Press Enterprise columnist and longtime KBCR News contributor Cassie McDuff about some of the big stories around the Inland Empire. Good morning, Cassie. Good morning, Jessica. So first up, an outside audit suggests the Riverside County Registrar of Voters, who recently resigned, may have made some mistakes in how she ran elections. Well, the Riverside County Executive Office hired retired Orange County Registrar of Voters Neil Kelly in March to audit the operations of the Riverside County Elections Office after a couple of mishaps. About 42,000 voters in Canyon Lake, Menifee, Murrieta, Wildemar, and Winchester got more than one vote-by-mail ballot in the 2022 general election, and roughly 11,000 ballots were mailed too late for Eastvale and Cathedral City voters to cast ballots in special elections in 2021. In addition, voter information guides were mailed chronically late. The county was consistently the last in California to mail guides, according to this audit. The late mailings resulted in $311,000 in penalties being levied by the U.S. Postal Service. The report also criticized Registrar Rebecca Spencer for handling tasks that could have been delegated to others. Spencer issued a point-by-point rebuttal to the auditor's criticisms in late August. For one, she said she was unable to delegate work to underlings because of staff vacancies during back-to-back election cycles, forcing her to do the work of several employees. She also blamed a contractor for some of the delays and mistakes. For example, run-back election services skipped sorting the ballots by zip code, causing some of the penalties by the post office. Bulk mail is supposed to be pre-sorted. Runbeck blamed Spencer for having them deliver the ballots to her rather than directly to the post office, but Spencer said she never authorized them to skip pre-sorting, although the audit said she actually did. Another dispute with Runbeck is over who was supposed to verify that no duplicate ballots were printed before they were mailed. Spencer said Runbeck didn't notify her office that it hadn't run a duplicate check. Spencer was placed on paid leave soon after the Board of Supervisors received the audit report on September 1st. She resigned on September 29th after the county agreed to pay her nearly $800,000 in severance. So now less than five months before the March primary, Riverside County does not have a registrar. That's right. An interim registrar has been appointed, Assistant Registrar Art Tinoco, but the county is now in the position of having to conduct a search for a permanent replacement in the lead-up to the presidential election. Well, let's hope these mistakes don't occur in the 2024 election cycle. Yeah, let's hope not. And more than half of the Inland Empire's population is Latino, but the ethnicity is seriously underrepresented on local nonprofit boards. Right. San Bernardino and Riverside counties together have a population of about 5 million people. 52% are Latino. Yet when the Inland Empire Community Foundation commissioned a study of 198 nonprofits in the IE, their boards of directors averaged just 13% Latino, and 40% of them have no Latinos at all on their boards. These nonprofits range from those serving the homeless, social services, health care, to arts and cultural organizations. The issue here is that when nonprofits want to seek volunteers or donors in the communities they serve, it helps to have board members who reflect the communities, according to the director of Latinos Lead. 
the organization that did the study. It helps to build trust. That's uh, Patrick Salazar, the director of Latinos Lead. The head of the Community Foundation, which commissioned the study, said nonprofits need to be more intentional about recruiting diverse candidates to serve on their boards. Many strong candidates simply don't know what opportunities are out there until they're invited to apply. Community Foundation CEO Michelle Decker said IE nonprofits are doing good work and providing important services, but the best services can be provided, she said, when your organization looks like your community. Salazar, the director of Latinos Lead, said they're not telling nonprofits their boards should be 50% Latino, just that they need to seek board members from the community. Yeah, I'm curious what intentional recruiting could look like in this situation. Well, you know, it could just be a matter of existing board members think about their Latino friends when there's a vacancy on the board and invite them to apply. There you go. And the owner of a Redlands motel that was converted to housing for the homeless has gone into default on its loan and the property could go into foreclosure. What happened? Yeah, this is the second time the owner has been threatened with foreclosure on the Goodnight Inn, which was converted into housing for homeless people in Redlands under the state-funded Project Room Key. The new default notice was issued September 11th and says the owner owes the lender more than $332,000. If the property goes into foreclosure, it can be sold without any court action, according to this default notice. The owner is a subsidiary of Shangri-La Industries, which received $30 million in Project Roomkey funding in 2022. It's doing transitional housing projects across the state in Los Angeles County, Ventura and Monterey counties, as well as San Bernardino County, in partnership with Step Up, a Santa Monica-based nonprofit that advocates for the homeless. The city of Redlands is paying Shangri-La $3.5 million over seven years to convert the motel, operate it, and provide shelter and services for the homeless there. The Goodnight Inn opened in January, and it has about 100 residents already. These transitional housing projects are complex, usually take around five years to go through the necessary processes, according to Shangri-La Industries official. Lengthy permitting processes and environmental reviews have delayed many of the projects. The company and its construction contractor said they completed the Redlands project in record time and provided 122 people with permanent affordable housing. So what is the company doing now to avoid this? Well, the company is in the process of refinancing to resolve the debt, and it's also negotiating with subcontractors that have filed lawsuits and mechanic liens on the property to resolve their disputes over non-payment and alleged breach of contract. A company official said he expects the problems to be resolved in a matter of days. You know, and with such a widespread crisis, it makes sense that local governments would collaborate to try to tackle it. Yeah, you're right. Homelessness is a problem all over the state, and maybe cities and counties are just figuring out what the pitfalls are that they need to avoid in negotiating these contracts with social service agencies. And if the company's not successful in avoiding foreclosure, what happens to the residents currently there? Yeah, it's really just unimaginable that 120 people could be back on the street. Well, thank you so much, Cassie, for your time, as always. Thank you, Jessica. Longtime journalist Cassie McDuff helps us out regularly on our Friday morning news wrap, and these reports are posted at kbcrnews.org. This report is made possible with the support of the Southern California News Group, publisher of the Press Enterprise, San Bernardino Sun, Inland Valley Daily Bulletin, 
and other Southern California newspapers. I'm Jessica Greenwell, KVCR News.